In 2021, Talk About It Outdoors partnered with an industry-leading brand that has stamped its name on the outdoor industry. Cruiser Saddles in itself stands on perfection, and with every climb we make, we elevate ourselves above the rest. In addition to a support to our hunting journey, the men and women behind Cruiser believe in the same principles of life as us. Faith, family, and the blessings of being better as they go in every sit. If your desire to pursue your passions one step ahead of the rest, go ahead and get in the best. Check them out on all the socials or head over to their website at www.cruiser.com. That's C-R-U-Z-R.com. And tell them to talk about it outdoors, boys, and Chasing Weekends sent you their way. The journey of life has a unique way of being able to create tried and true friendships as we go. In forming those relationships, oftentimes good things come to follow. Talk About It Outdoors is proudly supported by Cal Hardy of Arrowhead Land Company. Cal is the leading broker over Georgia and is happy to assist you with finding the place where you can call home. With vast knowledge and an understanding of the ever-evolving real estate market and a unique old-school approach to everything he does, he exemplifies what it means to treat others like you'd want to be treated. Don't settle for being just another number in a phone. Choose Cal Hardy for all your land, home, and commercial real estate needs and become a part of his family. We sure are blessed to have him as a part of ours. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, or give him a call at 770-296-2163. Step back to the times when a feed store was more than just that, and the people inside smiled with friendly faces and provided a place for a talk on life, as well as all your essential farm, livestock, and pet needs. Cherokee Feed the Seed located in Ball Ground, Georgia, with an additional location in Gainesville, are the hometown supplier of all your cattle, equine, and pet needs, with the added addition of being able to keep your deer herd healthy with protein and minerals. They also carry an assortment of hunting blinds and gear, and you can rest easy knowing the people that support local ball clubs and children's sports are who your hard-earned money is going to. The people here greet you with a handshake and a smile, and Cherokee Feed and Seed give more than just a product. They give you a welcome that'll make you return time and time again. Stop in next time you're in the area and tell them you're part of the Talk About It Outdoors family. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. 
Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. Nicholas Wilson, are you ready? Let's do it, old son. All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors. Coming to you live from the Cruiser Saddle Studio once again. Alex DeBoer, Nicholas Wilson, Cody Watson, Mr. Travis Dawkins in-house, and old Tyler Moore is here ready to talk about it. Man, we got a good one mixed up for you tonight. There ain't no telling where this is going to go. Y'all pull up a chair and sit a while. This is going to get good. I feel like somebody's been over here punching my buttons. I feel extremely loud. Is that just normal, Nick? I think it's just pretty normal. I did have them turned up a little bit. I think the other night when we were bouncing around. Anyway, old buddy, we on the eve of the well, the best cold front of the year about to hit the Midwest. I know, man. I'm so excited to get started talking about turkey hunting. Oh, <laughs> <my bad. laughs> Muted. Muted. I'm muting him right off the rip. No, oh, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. We got a lot to cover. Yeah, a lot to cover. Shout out uh, right out of the gate to uh, to Rip Dickerson for that wonderful picture he sent of me. Yep. Shout- <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know how he cropped that in the background. I need to get on his cropping skills. You can get that cap cut. You can do okay. it on there. Yeah, I need to get some of that. Uh, shout out to Cole Irwin. Irwin? Irvin. 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 Yeah. Swerving Irvin. Swerving Irvin. Yeah. The Rome battle assassin, the yeah. knockdown number. And two. He's tagged, tagged out. out. Tagged out. <laughs> so Got to be a good feeling for him. Congratulations to him. Somebody let out a little, little biscuit or something. Just think. I don't know. I, I smelt something. I don't think so. A biscuit. my Nick. Brought to you by Air. Boy, biscuits. I got a bunch of thoughts. I've been writing them down left and right. I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna start off with one here in a second. That's good. It, can I? Can I? Can I mix my thoughts in with my rants? Yeah, well, well, why don't we do rants by Alex and thoughts by Nick? <laughs> well, I got and then cut. you can bring up a rant. Tyler, I, I you ready? We're going to go home. Right? <laughs> well, first and foremost, um, shout out to everybody out there that's been following along what's been going on with Talk About It Outdoors. Chasing Weekend Series is still getting a lot of comments, likes, and, and love over on our YouTube channel. Ten episodes that dropped out. You did a great job on that. Like we've said before, Nick, and I can already tell you that Chasing Weekend Season, well, it'll be Season 3 for us, uh, how we titled it, but... First full season was great, and second full season is gearing up to be be even better. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. A lot of I th- footage. I learned a lot. I think we're going to start doing some longer episodes. I think we're going to start doing a lot shorter episodes, just episode by episode. So make, next year it could be 30-something episodes, so we may be dropping two or three a week. I know uh, I got a call the other day from our old buddy Fowler, and he said, I ain't got nothing to watch tonight. He said, I'm feeling a little <laughs> left out. He said, every yeah. Sunday at 7, I've yeah. been excited to watch it. So, And that's neat. I mean, yeah. to me, that's, that's pretty cool, but – uh, the Ridge Hunter Outdoors guys up in up in Illinois, they dropped out their series, The Fall Pursuit. I've been catching up with it in Canyon. We've been bouncing some ideas back and forth on some stuff. So maybe some collaborated efforts. And, and that's what's pretty cool, to get to see what people are doing, you know. And maybe we get the chance to go and hunt with uh, with the Slim Reaper guys. I know we've talked about that. Sorry, Isaac, I was going to come hunt with you, buddy, and I just I couldn't make it happen. But 
Um, first trip of, of the Talk About It Outdoors Chasing Weekends crew went down this this past weekend up to Illinois, and what a great time it was. I mean, it was it was good to finally get back up there. I, I, I kept everybody as, as in the game as I could on it, and I, for lack of a better term, I, I nearly – put the biggest deer of my life on the ground this weekend and and I, I would it's haunted me i'll be honest with you it has really eat me up that i that i didn't get it done but man i got that old coyote thumped in the head so that felt really good clarification so, he did not miss no i did not um and you'll you'll hear more about that but I, I didn't intentionally i called nick the night before uh the sunday night and i said do you think i post anything about this deer and he said no i don't he said i think you wait and kind of leave it to, to, to play in on the series. Maybe somebody gets a chance at knocking it down. There's going to be a lot of us hunting in that close proximity. Yeah. That deer could move three or four miles in one direction overnight, and he could be right in the breadbasket of where somebody's going to be. So whether it's us, Brock, Tucker, any of the boys that are up there in that area, I hope it's somebody that, that we can close yeah, the book on and sure. be a part of that story. So Maybe he'll stick close to home. <sighs> I'm he'll telling you, man. He'll stick close to home. You he know, was and, awful comfortable there. And 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 I'll tell you this: one thing I learned about that whole situation, and, and I want to talk about it just a little bit. I don't want to put too much into it, but I, I think that you you have to take opportunities for what they're worth. And, and and I didn't. I'm not a big call guy. I don't generally try to blind call. And but I went to to hit that grunt, and and he heard it. I mean, he he heard that grunt call, no doubt. You can see him throw his head up. I got it on video. I think I got 33 minutes of footage of that deer, and he throws his head up, looks back that way, and he works towards me, but he, he couldn't see what he wanted. It was thick, and I thought, maybe, well, maybe he can't see through this thick stuff, and he thinks a doe's in this ditch or something. But he threw his head up, walked that direction, but he went back to doing what he was doing. He was just making scrapes, making horn trees in that area. And I told Cody, I said, I want – y'all to be able to watch the the gopro footage of me because i lit i did i when i saw him i thought man that looks like a good deer and i couldn't see him he was in some thick stuff and i kept watching waiting for him he it, trail it was coming in front of me is 26 yards i'd ranged it picked my bow up set my sight i was i was ready i mean but i went from where is he where is he and i calmed back down and then i saw him kind of go in the opposite direction which would have been he was headed west um where i was sitting I, the wind was coming out of the west, so I had a northwest wind. He had no idea I was there. The wind was pretty strong, had a 15-mile-an-hour variable wind. It was going up and down from 10 to 15, so it was blowing right in my face. I had no fear of the deer smelling me, so I thought, I'm going to watch him for a second and see what he does. Hindsight, I wish I'd have waited a little bit before I, I grunted because I, maybe I alerted him to something in that area that wasn't. I don't know. I, I think you got to take a chance because – I mean, I'm literally watching the biggest deer of my life with a bow in my hand. Yeah. I got to do something to try to get his attention. Deer works around in very neat situation. First time in my life I've got to watch a deer of, of that caliber do what deer do. I mean, I've never seen him, never got to see it. He stood in a scrape and peed in that scrape for three minutes. I got it all on video. He's flicking his tail. He's got his hawks together. He's peeing in a scrape, making his scrapes there. So identifying that that's his area, that's his core spot, maybe that pays off in the long run, but – he wasn't interested in the grunting, and something Cody and I have talked about a lot that, that Michael Waddell had talked about is just do a snort wheeze with your mouth, and I did. And when I say turned him on a dime, the deer's back bristled up. I mean, I got to see it, and you'll see it on the camera when I do it and kind of see through the thick stuff. He starts walking towards me. Well, I, at this time, I'm thinking, if he can cross this little ditch right here, he's going to be at 31 yards. He's going to be in perfect range. I just need him to turn broadside, give me a shot right here. Deer turns and leaves. I mean, when I say leaves, he bounds three times. And I thought, I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm def you know, you're deflated. I mean, it, it took it out of me. And I'm, 
you could see me in the camera sitting there shaking my head. And I thought, well, maybe he just didn't see what he wanted to see. So he left. So I even grabbed the horns. They were hanging on the hook there. And I tickled them around a little bit thinking, what happened? You know, what caused this to go, to go wrong? And, uh, then I look up and I see a Wiley coming out of the corner there and it lit me up like a Christmas tree. I thought I am, I am done with this. This is really, really making me mad. So went to, and that coyote, he could not figure out where that was coming from. He was bouncing around up and down that ditch, up and down that ditch. And finally came right underneath me on the left side. And you see in the camera, I had to spin around to the right side and I shot him at, at probably eight yards tops and, I'll be honest with you, I called Cody. He thought I'd killed a monster. And I told him, I said, I didn't get him killed, but I killed a coyote, and it was, it was pretty cool. So, Real quick, I want to touch on this because we've talked about it so many times, you know, something about those big deer, and I, I think they have a sixth sense almost. We've had a camera 50 yards from where Alex saw that deer, and Alex actually saw that deer again the next day. We've had a camera there for a couple months now. Labor Day. Labor Day, and we've never had a picture of that deer. I mean, and he was in that area, you know, that evening for an hour at least. And just that's the, that's the thing we've talked about. We got to, you know, me and Alex were talking the other day about early season. Like, I think they're good for getting inventory on a, a farm over a food source or something like that. But when it comes time to hunt, you just got to get in there and hunt. And some deer may just not want to travel that certain trail. Or I, He hung that ditch. That ditch runs down behind that where that camera is. And last year, that camera was facing the scrape on the other side we'd made facing that ditch. And we got a ton of pictures of deer. May not know what they was, but just deer in that spot. This year, been almost dead. Like, we thought they may have been going the opposite way. And I honestly believe those deer are hugging that ditch and working it across. Um, And it's – but they're working that ditch around, and and, and I don't know – I don't know what makes them want to do that because they got to an Osage orange tree that Brock and I have talked about time and time again that that'd be a place to to get in it and get on it. But I don't know what's making them work that edge of that ditch. I mean, it's just mannerisms. That's all it can be. I don't know. Just what they like down through that travel path. Yep. And, you know, and, and not saying that this buck don't live in that area because he's making those scrapes, but something I heard – I was telling y'all this earlier, I was listening, I've been listening to a lot of Bill Winky, and he said, you know, something a lot of people don't realize is some of those first does, and, and, and I really thought about it, like some of the yearlings that you see, how old they are, like right now. He said a lot of people don't realize this, but a lot of some of the does, some of the more mature does that had their yearlings early will come in estrus a little sooner, like a mid-October. And it won't be a lot of them, he said, but a lot of them will. So when a, to me, when a big buck's like that making his scrape, he knows – there could be possibly. I mean, I think I feel. I feel like a deer can think back and be like, right over here is where you know old Betty was. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in there and see if she's see if she's ready. You know, he's just coming through that area. He may not live far from there. Yeah, because I don't feel like a big buck. Like I, I guess you get mixed. Some people say you know you hear Mark Drew and talking about a big buck will vanish and go off, but I think a big buck like that. I feel like it's just kind of like us. The older you get, the more you want to stay around home. Well, I can tell you where that deer or where that spot is is surrounded on two sides by fresh cut beans, mm-hmm. and and there was no doubt there was deer out there. I I, I believe, and and Brock and I talked about this. I truly believe that I rode right past that deer going to that stand. I think he was laid on that hedgerow or underneath some apple trees, and I rode that bike in there. And I'm gonna tell you what, I I love that bike. I really do for traveling. When I came out to go back to the truck, it was dark. I didn't have a light on, and I rode past 20 deer in that field that did not bust out. 
with me on that bike. They had no idea what I was. They were like looking at me. I was moving fast. I never let up. I just kept riding on by. And there was a few small deer when I got close to the road. They ran, but the field did not clear on that bike. Yeah. Blew my mind when I came out on that, that they just watched me going by like, hey, well, was, what I is think that? it's kind of like what we've talked about before. You know, if you, they see a vehicle and a vehicle keeps moving, they're fine. But if a vehicle you stops stop. and, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, whoa, what's going on? That's not normal. Or if a tractor's going, they're, they're used to it. You know, they yeah. get used to that movement. But when something stops, something's different. It's like us walking. I think that's what hurts us so much. Well, we slip, you know, and we're kind of methodically moving like we're a predator. I mean, they look predator, at us yeah. as a predator. Yeah. And on that bike, I mean, it did, did. And, and I honestly believe now whether or not he saw me, he didn't smell me because I came in right on the wind. But I'm telling you, boys, it's a, uh, it, it's not, I'm not upset that I'm, I'm thankful and blessed that I got. And I told y'all that, that I'm very thankful and blessed that I got to see that deer. I, I'm, I've never seen a deer of that caliber with a bow in my hand. Um, I've seen them off in the distance up north and, and hunting with a gun, but I've never, I've never, and I really did think that after, I, and then I shot that coyote. It made me, you know, I, I got to complete that part of the story. You know, I got to close that chapter because I, if I had not known what scared him away, it would have bothered me. I mean, mm-hmm. it really, really would have. And so closing that, and it's just neat to be able to do things like that. I mean, it's I I hauled that coyote out on my bike. I wish I'd have got a picture of it, that Kaufman. I threw him right on the back rack, and his blood just going everywhere. So maybe somebody will get an opportunity to go in there and tag him, if not nearby, one of y'all. Yeah, I hope we can close the the story (laughs) on it. I'd be tickled to death with with anybody on our team, you know, that could get a shot at that deer if we can. And I don't don't know. It's it's one of those deer that – It'll haunt that one will haunt me for a while, not in a bad way, but I will think about that deer for a while. I mean, probably all the way till we drop chasing weekends next year out, and it's it's on there whether or not we get him killed or not. So maybe I will, man. Fun Hope weekend at Red Moon. Oh, Red Moon. That was the day of the Red Moon, mm-hmm. and Brock told me he said y'all gonna see some deer this evening, and we did. Everybody got to see deer. I mean, and they were they were moving, and so opportunities. You just got to go go hunt opportunities. I mean. That's that's what it's all about. The days ahead of us are the best days for, especially a traveling deer hunter that goes to the Midwest. You know, whether you go to Iowa, Missouri, Indiana, Illinois, wherever it may be, to the the time is here, and it couldn't be set up more better for a lot of folks. You know, and um, good cold front coming in, it ain't mm-hmm. gonna be near as hot as last year. And and again, I know I don't think the cold front really affects deer breeding because they're gonna breed whenever. I do think it affects the moving. Um, We've touched Somewhat. on that time and time again, that yeah. movement. You want to be there when the movement is present. So. Well, I mean, because that was like last year. You know, we physically saw deer breeding, knew it was happening, but I think the majority of what they were doing was happening, and, I, and that's why last year was hard. I yeah, think this I, year is going to be good. I think I think after listening to that, because there's been a lot of questions talk about last year on some other podcasts I've listened to, and they're talking about that these deer are just, they just save their energy because it's so warm. Yeah, that they just run all their chasing at night. They just know better, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of like now. You know, everybody says October low, October low. I just honestly, I just think deer just they're they relax. They get fat and happy right now. They know it's coming. I mean, it's just built built in their system. They know something's coming. It's just like getting that beach body ready. You know, <laughs> you know it's you know it's coming. <laughs> you might as well get on a diet and get ready. But um, ton of food on the ground. Terrible analogy, but <laughs> no, it was a great analogy. <laughs> Ton of food on the ground, beans, or beans, ton. corn, acorns. I mean, ton of food. And as you made mention, the rut's going to happen when the rut happens. Those are going to come in heat, whether it's 90 degrees or if it's 30 degrees. But 
I seen something today. A guy said deer movement at night is way higher when it's hot than it is during the day. You get those cold fronts, puts them on their feet during daylight hours. That's that's what we're chasing after. You know, we want to see them during daylight. It does no good to see them at night. Yeah, no. I mean, it's all fun and games looking at a trail camera all day. When when the chips fall, you want to see those deer during daylight. Mm-hmm. And I think you're putting yourself in a position as you are. You have the opportunity to go up when chase that cold front and. Something I wanted to touch on tonight that a lot of people have been asking, because we get asked all the time about going out of state and hunting. Ton, ton of questions. Mm-hmm. And it pours in on social media. We get sent messages. And, and and we always try to answer any questions anyone's got. You know, somebody sends us a message, hey, I ran into you guys. I've watched the series. Can you give me some pointers on going out of state? We say it time and time again, you got to go. You know, there's no secret to it. Get your boots on the ground. Take a week in the summertime, springtime, early early spring, before the, the frost, you know, before the cold weather's gone. Go walk a woods. Go walk. It's, it's, there's no rhyme or reason why you can't do that. And if you say, well, I don't have time to do it, you probably don't have time to do anything else either. Just go. I mean, just make your priority. If you want to go out of state and hunt, nobody's going to give you the secret. The secret to it is go put your eyes on on the ground, look at it, find you somewhere to hunt. You find you somewhere to hunt, go find you somewhere else to hunt, and then find you another spot to hunt. Have multiple options wherever yeah. you're at because – the likelihood of someone else being in that area is pretty high when you're going out of state. Yep. Underwood's facing that right now in Missouri. Yep. So just go. I mean, and when you get in those spots, one thing that, that I have learned, if there's one thing that I've learned about the Midwest that I never paid attention to was the wind. You have to play the wind in the Midwest. I don't care what anybody says. You can put all the scent control stuff you want on. If the wind's not in your favor when you're walking in, you're not probably going to see any deer in that area. Yep, Simple as that. We've seen it. We've seen it time and time again. You have, and something we've been able to learn through listening to podcasts is is to learn that wind. And one thing for me, I have a hard time when it says, you know, northwest. I have a hard time telling which direction's which. I, I do. Everybody's got a phone. That phone's got a free compass on it. I was up there this time literally, all right, the wind's a northwest wind or a southwest wind. We need to go in here and walk into this spot to look at it to keep from blowing it out, even mm-hmm. for scouting. And yeah. we were walking in there. Caden was like, why are we walking all the way around here? And I'm like, look at the wind. We don't want to walk in right here and blow all this out. Let's walk around this way. Maybe we get lucky and see it there. So it's it's learning. And and I'm constantly learning just yep. like we all are. And And the wind direction, if it says it on your phone app, it's not the way the wind's blowing. It's where the wind is coming from. If you've got a northwest wind, you're not going to walk in northwest. Okay, It's blowing from the northwest. Mm-hmm. So think about that. And I used to think, well, south wind, yeah, if, it's if, blowing if, south. You if, know, I don't know what the Onyx hunt map was. And we were, I was just having a conversation a couple of days ago with Brandon Price about this was, you know, I, I don't, again, I don't know what Onyx looks like, but hunt stand has a circle with a green and a red in it. And if anybody's listening to this and, and pulls that wind checker up, and it's usually on any map you come up, you can hit it and then hit, take your finger and hit any place you're hunting. It'll drop that wind direction there. When it does, it's going to be like a the center of it will be a small red, and then it'll fan out. So if it's a northwest wind, it, it, that means the that means the bigger red part will be on the southeast corner. Yeah, is that, is that yeah. a good explanation? Yeah, yeah. it kind of looks like a radar, and yeah. the wind is starting. In the middle, yeah, and, and it's the, going the, out where yeah, the red is. It's blowing yeah. out. So yeah. I always kind of base that off my sets. Like when I go in and try to find a new set, I'll, I'll mark a pin where my saddle set is or my lock on, and I'll drop a pin there. And then when I'm checking throughout the week, I'm already looking ahead. You know, if I'm going to Illinois next week, I'm looking ahead to see what the wind is to see where I need to 
to where I need to position myself. And a lot of times it may be as as critical as going to hunt a morning spot, getting down, and I got a particular spot where I can flip the other side of the bedding area. So I do that. I'll, and and I'm kind of battling that right now. Me and Mark Tucker's been talking about this a lot. I got a bedding area there where I hunt. And one side of it's perfect for a northwest wind. The other side is a south wind. And I can't, I've tried to gain access from permission to the backside to come in, but the guy said absolutely not. And walking down and around is just too much noise. So I told Mark Tucker, like, I'm only there for a short time. I'm getting aggressive. I'm walking straight through that thicket and I'm getting on the other side of it. You and did if, that and, last year, yeah, though, and, and it, it, bl- it literally it, paid off. It, yeah. If it blows, if it blows me out, it blows me out. So be it. I'll just try to, I'll try to use the same trail in and out each time. And who knows? I might even, I might even spray a little something. I don't know if it'll help or pull a little drag rag. I've thought of every situation possible, but I'll yeah, be, I think, and like Alex said, like if you're new to the Midwest and you're going to hunt public land, that's why you find those alternative spots because you're better off staying out of an area rather than going on in an, on a wrong wind. In my opinion, like if even if you have to wait two days before you can get back in there and the wind shifts, like it may be hard not to go in there, but is it worth it going in there blowing out a deer? We had to learn that the hard way though, because yeah. you know everybody's like, you can't kill them from the couch, can't kill them from the couch. Well, you ain't gonna kill them period if I can smell you. <laughs> this this is my opinion. Solely opinion, so don't take it to the bank. But sometimes I feel like you can get away with a certain wind, even if it's blowing, if you punt, like if you hunt like a hilltop. So if you know that it's it's a morning time and the sun's coming up and you you know those thermals are going to rise and you may, you know, maybe the wind's going to shift by nine o'clock and you feel like, shit, I don't know if I should go in there because the wind's blowing in there, but your thermals are going to lift above that bedding area. So I yeah. feel like you can still be safe with that. You can still use that to get in yeah, there. Yeah. If you're using the thermals to your advantage, morning or evening or whatever. Um, I think you definitely can. And I, and like you and I were talking about today, I definitely think too, not all the time, but I definitely think when a, when bucks are, especially when they're, if they're rutting hard and chasing, I think that you can get away with a little bit of wind in the wrong direction because they, they give up their guard a lot. But if you can, obviously you want to definitely, I told Nick today on the phone, I said, I never paid, I've been hunting since I was six years old. I never paid attention to the wind until about a year and a half, two years ago. I just was like, this is where I'm going to hunt. And then I'd get in the stand and go, man, that wind's blowing right in that bed in there. Dang, that sucks. Like, you know, just no thought to it. Yeah. And now, like, I'll go to a different spot if I have to. Keep keep this in mind, too, though. Like like you just said, I told you that earlier, the two biggest bucks I ever killed, the wind was blowing right in their face. But I didn't, I didn't hunt that spot that way. That's just those deer are so smart. Yeah. That's how they're going to act. Um. Go ahead, you got something. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head for what I was going to go next, giving the deer the wind. And, and you hear, and I, the first time I ever heard this was was um, Don Higgins talking about it, giving the deer the wind. And, and then when I got spending time with Brock up there, he, he talked about give the deer the wind. And it's not necessarily saying you want the deer, blow, or your wind blowing right to the deer. But if it's offset to where that deer is going to work, eventually into your wind mm-hmm. you're not always going to have that blocked off but that that winds let's just say you're hunting a spot and you're you're facing due north okay you you want the wind in your face so you've got a northerly blowing in well if you've got a northeast wind it might be blowing right where he's traveling to okay he maybe he's coming in on your left it's blowing back to the northeast but if you want like a northwest wind, you're giving that deer that wind. He's it's still blowing north, yeah. so it's blowing in his nose, and he's working in. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened this weekend. I I didn't know I was giving the deer the wind, but 
But that's exactly what I had done. It was blowing northeast, or excuse me, northwest, and it was it was working. He worked right into that, like big bucks do. They work yeah. into that wind and with their advantage. And they'll go below a bedding area. You're sitting on the, the, the east side of that bedding area. It's blowing northwest. He's working around that bedding area hunting a doe in there bedded up. She's in here bedded up. I heard Brian talking about this the other day that he had killed that buck. That's how he did it. And they're working around those bedding edges. They don't want to go in there and, and just go in to be checking that bed spot, but they're working around the bottom side of it saying, hey, what's in there? Let me go in there and check that out. What's going on? So, I think that's a lot of, why a lot of times you'll see like a lot of trails on mountains. You'll see mountain. I mean, I think one is the thermals, but you'll see a lot of trails quarter way off the mountain because a buck's going to travel around that. You know, a lot of times he might find an old road bed up there, thicket on top where they've done some logging or something. A doe's going to bed up there. She's got the wind in her favor either direction. If that buck can skirt around the edge, when he smells her, he can go up in there. Um, but you know, a lot of, a lot of bucks too. And I've seen this just watching my trail cameras. I don't make notes. I make middle notes of it, but a lot of times those deer, I, I look at the wind when I get a buck on camera and see what it's doing. A lot of times those wind, those deer are walking with the wind in their back too. Yep. So they can see with their eyes and make sure nothing's coming up behind them too. So, and then they'll kind of cross, crosswind it too. You know, like I rattled that first buck in, I killed, he, he come at a hard angle. I rattled. And he come at a hard angle with a south. It was a south. I think it was a southeast wind. And I was hunting the field. With I wanted to look out everything in front of me, and he come down off the mountain at an angle, and then got over my left shoulder. So I, I had to shoot him like that. So a couple more steps, he would he would have busted me. Yeah, that. Well, that's funny because I was I was actually telling you on the phone. I think the very first year that I went to Illinois, I hunted the edge of a field, and with my back to thicket but i was actually hunting the thicket behind me and i had the wind blowing out of that thicket into the field because i didn't think anything was going to come across that big open field well the biggest one of the biggest deer i've ever seen came out on the opposite side of the field i rattled him he came all the way to my field edge and he stopped at about 60 yards and he just started paralleling that field at the the woods that i was in just looking in those woods because the wind was blowing straight out into the field he didn't have to come in there he was just looking walking smelling licking his nose he knew how far like to stay off that wood line to be safe in that field and he was just looking at him he got dead even with me he stopped because and you know wasn't able to take that deer but they just and like that deer last year that i stalked he had the wind at his back he was laying watching that doe and he's had the wind at his back just smelling anything behind him and looking ahead so you know it's hard i i think they're they're wild and they get big for a reason, right? Yep. I mean, they, they know how to work it. And then you just got to, you know, put yourself in the best position, but be smart about it too. I li- I, I love the thought. You know, I love the conversation because it, this conversation compared to what we would be having three years ago, it, it, it makes you feel more educated because you've learned. And you're going to make mistakes in the woods. I'm going to make mistakes. We all are. But learning from those mistakes and being able to make a mental note that I don't need to do this. Can I do this differently? Is this going to make me a better hunter than that? And quietly getting into a spot, making a preset if you can, you know, getting in there, having your gear set up and and being quiet with it and and being proficient with your gear and your camera stuff and having it in a spot where you don't have to move much, et cetera, et cetera. All these little things come into play and you learn those mental notes. And so I, I don't know that I'm becoming any more proficient a hunter than I've ever been, but my confidence level, yeah. it, it, that's the big thing. You, you're getting more confident in yourself and your setup and your ability to make those decisions to, hey, I can go into this spot here and I can kill a deer. 
Now, whether or not I get one killed or not is a totally different story, but you've got that confidence factor that I'm going to see a deer in here. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't see hardly any deer. They were on food, dude. They was in them fields. They was coming out of their little beds on the edge of it, and they were coming to those fields to eat. Well, well, well how many guys in the Midwest that live there and have the, this the luxury, I guess I'd say, don't even hunt the mornings just due to the fact that they don't want to blow deer out of a field or whatever. They just don't hunt mornings unless they know for a fact it's a spot they can get in without risking the chance of blowing out deer. Access. They just they just don't hunt mornings. They wait and go hunt the evenings because they know they can get in there easy and wait for those deer to filter back out or whatever the case may be. So we don't have that luxury. I think we would be dumb to sleep no. in. No, we and we've, we've talked about, we talked about this today. Like we can't, you know, you, you got to be careful and take a, with a grain of salt of who you're watching yeah. or what you're watching. And I'm not saying nobody's, nobody's above one another. I'm just saying though some people can hunt in the Midwest a lot more days than we can. Some people's got that option. So the best thing I heard the other day was the element guys saying, you got to be aggressive no matter what it takes. If you're only there for a short amount of time, make it count. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, but be, the, still be smart. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they're, I'm not they're, being, yeah, I'm not being, not be dumb. Don't just blow it. in there and, yeah, get, and kill, yeah. try to kill them. But yeah, but like you don't, said, don't get be close. conservative and, and, you know, push all in. I'm all in. Yeah, it's just like we've talked about. Like, if you're sitting in a spot for two days and you keep seeing deer travel a trail at 150 yards and you just continue to sit there hoping that they're going to take a different trail, like, might want to move closer. You know, simple little adjustments. I think that's what we've all started to kind of get a little bit more aggressive about. Not just go hunt a stand because it's already there and it's easy to climb up into. You know, maybe get off the other side of the hill. Maybe when you originally hung that stand, you had some luck there, but maybe now it's not the best spot. Yeah. What? So I went to a ladder stand, a tree that me and Brock had talked about time and time again about climbing in. And I just think, I mean, I would have been 20 yards closer. It just, I mean, that you, you think about those things in your head, you know, what if, but what if I'd went in there and made a bunch of noise and stuff? Yeah. He may, I may have never seen him, you know. And that so, deer could have been bedded 100 yards from you the entire time. I honestly time. believe that he was, well, he was within 200. I believe he was on yeah. that fence row. And I, I just, it blows your mind when you think about it, though. That, but God, what a fun, fun opportunity it is to get to go back and chase them again. I mean, you know, if you, if you precisionly extract every deer that you go in there to kill, does it really turn out to be as fun in hey, the long run? I'll be the first to admit, and y'all know I've had them. I've learned way more from my failures than I have my successes. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think it's fun. It's so it's so fun. Who quotes that? It's Cody Watson's. Oh. <laughs> sort of somebody's wrote that down so uh, they and, might have but i just thought of that off the top of my head so. an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i mean so just you know that for me that's all i wanted to touch on was a few things there about you know the trip up there and what i've learned this time and what we're planning to do you know we've got we've got so much opportunity that's that we've put ourselves in a position to have because we're willing to take the time and go and see these places and, and you know Hopefully we can we can relay some of that to some some of our friends, you know, and we can turn it on to them and say, "Hey, this is where we're at. This is what we can do." And and it's not hand holding or anything else, but it's offering an opportunity. And so, like I told you know you and Travis and and Caleb earlier that I'm not I'm not hunting for you, but I'm gonna give you an opportunity and then gonna give you a chance to go in there and when you ask questions and stuff though man it's so to me if i can give you an answer that i'm confident in giving you not just throwing a bullcrap answer out there that's what's cool to me i mean i can say mm -hmm. if i was going to do this just like i've asked you on stuff just like i've asked you cody what would you what do you want to do in this situation or what do you think i should do and 
What's bad is though is when you when you have to give them an answer that they probably don't want to hear. And you yeah. know that's I've heard those. There's a lot of conversations I've had with some people that are way better deer hunters than me that have given me an answer, and I'm like, Nah, I ain't doing that. And then I think, Well, I better because they they're better than me for you know they've learned this stuff. So I think the only piece of advice, and I was actually talking to Travis about this, I think earlier, is uh, if you're going and it's your first year, like there's a there's a difference in being a aggressive and like losing your mind if you go the first year even if you have to burn a tag i say don't give up on a spot too early i think that can be a big like downer because if you go to a spot and you don't see a deer and you're like you're looking at your map and your phone you're like man i might go try this spot this evening then you go over there and you're like there's somebody there and then you're like crap should i go back to that other spot maybe let me go try this other spot and you bounce around. Alex has done it. I've done it. Like sometimes you put yourself in a worse position by trying to make your hunt better when you could just maybe focus in and hone on one area. There might not be a 170 in there, but there might be a 135 in there that you get a glimpse of and then you can make a move on. So that's my only like stick with an area before you give it up, unless you just run into 50 people hunting and you've absolutely got to move. I think you kind of be, you know, you be smart about it and strategic about it. But don't just ruin your week by putting 200 miles on your truck, running back from one spot to the other, if you're hunting public land, for sure. What do you think? I, lo- I love that. I mean, because I'm very guilty of that. Like, second-guess myself, especially yeah. looking at hunting apps, and I was just sitting here thinking, how would you hunt a spot? I guess this is a question. How would you hunt a spot if you were going into a new place? It probably sounds like we're picking on you, Travis. Um, but how would you hunt a spot if you were going up there by yourself and you didn't have a cell phone, the mm. wind, figure out which way the wind's blowing. And, and you've got a map of it. Let's just say you've printed an e-map or at all. No, no, you're just going up there. Somebody, somebody at your church told you about a piece of property and, and gave you an address and you're going up there. You don't have a cell phone. You ain't got nothing. How would you hunt that place? You would go in there and find trails and sign, wouldn't you? Yep. Hunt. If you walked in there yep. and they, you found some deer crap. And you found a cup, maybe a couple of horn trees, maybe old scrape, maybe a new scrape. You found some trails. You'd give it a shot. Yeah. So, I mean, get off my land, you son of a bitch. You ain't supposed to be in here hunting. I'm sorry, sir. Mock the guy at church. I went to church with told me I could hunt in here. Well, he's a liar. Well, you knew it was public. Well, no, Obviously, you've seen the public text, but I'm thinking well, the reason I say that is, is we put too much effort. We put too much, in, and they're great. I love the hunting app. I'm glad we got them. But sometimes we put too much into those hunting apps to try to scout for us. And it's just like the trail cameras. Me and Alex talked about this. Like, I'm thinking about, like, I love mine for inventory. Just like this new piece I've got. I ain't took a stench of corn over there. I've been going in there and putting them on trails. Yeah, I don't have a ton of deer on them every night. But you know what? I've been I've been putting on where deer's going to be. Yeah. And, and I put myself over there to where deer's at. So I think going in there has made me, like, go back to what I need to start focusing on mm-hmm. instead of putting the trail camera where i want the deer to be woodsmanship well, yes yes well, that, that's what i and, and hey, let me finish one more last thing don't go in there to any place because you think it looks nice and climb up <laughs> because i'm gonna tell you those deer don't like they may not like what you like most of the time a big buck's gonna like the nastiest thickest stuff he can find well i was just travis and i were standing out there talking looking at the map while ago uh, to a spot that we think he's gonna do great in for certain reasons and he said, I think this little point right here will be good. And I said, the best thing you're going to have to do, and I'm not picking on you, Travis. We're just having a conversation is 
I said, the best thing you have to do, I said, yeah, it looks great. And I see what you're saying, but you could get there and that entire little area be all blow down trees mm-hmm. where you can't even hunt. So the best thing you're going to have to do is just get in there, find some fresh sign, like you said, whether it's, I mean, it could be a, just a good deer trail. You don't even have to see, you know, I'm a, I'm a over the next hill kind of guy. Like I'm like, man, what's right over there? You know, and I, and I have to be careful or I'll end up on the backside of the property and then be like, well, I'll just walk through this entire area. Mm-hmm. So I think just like you said, you got to get in there, use your woodsmanship. All right. They're coming out of this pitch point. It's thick as crap. They're using this, you know, to their advantage. Oh, there's a big ditch right here. They're probably traveling up that and just find like a natural funnel. And that's what I would be looking for. Mm-hmm. Some kind of natural funnel. You got to have a foundation to start yeah. at and then you start, you start zoning on there. Here's a good, here's a tip that helped me over there at this new piece I got. And you guys, you can probably use this Travis or somebody else listening. Find a Creek with a steep bank or find a ditch with a steep bank and walk that there's going to be a deer trail get off that get off of that deer trail and i can promise you there if it's beat down it ain't just because some big big bellied guy slipped down that hill <laughs> there are deer walking down that trail well, that, that's what i'm that's what i'm hunting over there. It's an old terrace old terrace is from old farms back in the day over there where i'm hunting now and those deer you can tell where they come down and i set up on that and i killed that doe i mean i've seen several deer there and several bucks have come by so Going into a new place, but the, you know, talking about the maps, like the, the maps are great, but a lot of times, like you, what you see on there and you get out there, like you said, can be completely different and it may not even be updated. You know, you may get there and it may be a clear cut or farm by now, but um, that, that's not just a place that you, you might be going, Travis, but somebody else might be listening. Yeah. And it's, um, I was another thing too about up there. One thing that we don't look for necessarily down here is a lot of times you'll have a, dry creek bed and they stay dry forever you know and it looks like a ditch and like nick said if you can find a trail coming out of that if you'll look in those dry creek beds 99 percent of the time they use those as natural natural funnels they just walk in those creek beds and they may have not i mean i've got video from two years ago on piece of private up there where they're literally deer just walking down that dry creek bed and then they would go up here and they might go down there you know so you just got to look and say if i was a deer you know where would i where would I travel? So, think like a deer. Think, think like a deer. Think like a deer. I like. I like. Yeah. I like that though. And smell like a deer. Spray some that. See more deers all over you. <laughs> Mama. Oh. Uh, Everybody traveling out there this year. This is kind of a rant, not a thought. Everybody. Everybody's traveling. Everybody's about to get in a vehicle and head up there. Don't be the guy that's in the left lane getting passed on the right <laughs> side. Don't no. be that guy. I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast are probably not that guy, but don't be that guy. Yeah. If you're getting passed on the right side, move your tail over to the right lane. Yeah. That I don't know. That's a pet peeve from that's my top five. That's in my top five pet peeve. But pet you'll peeve. raise hell about people that's driving in the right lane slow. Well, if they still got another lane to the right, if you're in a four lane road and you're still right oh, there. Oh, I've heard you race cave with people Listen. that are driving the normal. Yeah, it gets <laughs> 70 mile an hour. Why aren't you running 72 in the right lane? Don't be the guy being mad all the time about driving. How about that? How about some you of us, ran about Some of that? us got places to go. Yeah. Me and Nick travel it, well it, together. It's 55, 65, 75, and then get the hell out of the way. That's the I'm in, I can't, where are we going to get on the shoulder? I mean, you, you know, just pull off on the exit and no, run. I'll, I'll run 142 all the way from Kansas out here. I'll highway, just Kansas. Highways are for people like you. Interstates are for people like me and Cody. You're, 70 you're on, mile an hour is the speed limit. I want to run it. 
Just because I you like can the, run seventy in the right lane. That's right. That's what I'm saying. But you'll pull up on somebody in the right lane. God, look at this slow jackass over here. He ain't even going. Hey, that's probably- get off the interstate. <laughs> I've heard you. I've Go heard both of five. you. I mean, I don't understand. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I ride in the right hand lane. That's where yep. I like to ride. If we're coming up through there, I'll get behind a big truck. Son, guess what? If they something up ahead, he's nine times out of ten gonna plow through it before I am. Deer runs out. Well, look at that eighteen wheeler hit that. He got it for me. If I'm in the left lane, no reaction time. I'm sorry, boys. I ain't in that big a hurry to get nowhere. Everybody just be careful out there is traveling because it's it's gonna the deer's gonna be running across the road. Yada yada yada. Real quick, talking about travel because we were talking about this a little while ago, and we don't have to go into this deep. We've talked about it before, but if you're traveling out of state and you do harvest a deer, make sure you're taking. Alex had said that the game wardens are checking a lot of coolers and stuff this year, so make sure you're taking all your meat off the bones. And if you kill a buck and you don't know how to do it, take it to a taxidermist or, or a um, Process. meat processor, and they will cape that deer out for you and cut the horns off for you because you cannot bring brain membrane at And it's all. not just brains. Uh, it's it's the, the membrane. membrane. You get your pair of channel locks. There's a skin inside of that skull cap. You have to get that out as well. Um, I had got a phone call. Trevor Mobley called me and said he, a buddy of his killed a hammer in Illinois, and uh, he called to make sure that it was okay to bring a deer back from Illinois to his taxidermist. They told him there was no soft tissue allowed. He couldn't even bring a hide back. Never heard that once before. I mean, I don't know. It's always been cape them out, you know, off the skull. And saw, I mean, you're going to get as much of the meat. You're going to get most of it off when you're caping it out. But, um, and if you don't, I'll tell you something, a great resource. If somebody's out of state hunting and you don't necessarily know where a local taxidermist is or can't get in touch with one, go on Facebook. If you got Facebook, punch in on the bow hunting league and make a post on there. I guarantee you yep. out of 50,000 people that's on there, somebody on there can give you a suggestion to go and do it. And there's probably some individual on there that would be more than happy to help you out. And if it's a deer you don't want to mount, let's just say you don't want it, you want a European mount it, Go to a taxidermist, find one on there, that, and but do not, do not be the guy that comes back across state lines with that deer and get caught. Because if you get caught, they take your truck, they take your gun, they take you, and it's a fine every state line you cross. If you cross from Illinois into Kentucky, Kentucky into Georgia, Kentucky into Tennessee, every state line you cross, it's a fine. And yep. I don't know about y'all, but or the listeners, I know nobody in this room's got twenty, thirty thousand dollars to pay for it, so. Um, just just be mindful of that and, and get that joker taken care of the proper way. And that's something to think about when you're traveling, too. You know, if you're going to kill a deer on the last day, you might want to have a reserve day. That that way you can get all that done because that's not, it's not an easy task. I mean, it takes, it takes a while to do all that stuff and get it done right. So. You, can go on, you can go on our YouTube page and, and look. Uh, there's a video on there that uh, our good old, good old buddy, uh, Braden McMickens, we went down there and put together. Nick edited it out showing how to cape one off the skull yep. for a taxidermist. Look, you ain't got to be a perfectionist on it. Watch that video. It's not very long. It doesn't take a lot. Of, it takes about, for me, it takes about 40 minutes. If I take my time and do it yeah. right, I've got a good sharp knife. I got a way of doing it that I can do it in about, I think I did both ours last year, mine and Caden's. It took me about an hour to do yeah. both of them. And just watch that video and make sure you do those little things. The the corners of the eyes, cut the corners there. Make sure you're doing that. The nose around the mouth. I mean, 
It's an easy way of doing it, and watching that video will help you. I've already went back and watched it this year just preparing because I know somebody's going to want one skin out. I got a feeling. Well, I just I, I feel like sometimes people travel, and I don't think maybe people do it malicious, but, I mean. No, I don't I, I either. Think, I think some people just don't know the laws, and, I mean, and it's your responsibility as a hunter to know them. But I think, man, I'd hate to have, you know, a 16-year-old kid up there, you know, kill the biggest deer of his life and then get pulled over on a whatever and then boom there's gone you know if they pull you over and check your you know they see an out-of-state tag you're coming back with a load of stuff on the back and they pull you over and you lie all they gotta do is call iowa or illinois dnr or any state and say hey have they tagged a deer and they can check it right then and boom i mean and they'll sit on bridge overpasses watching you go under like Ooh, let's give this guy let's give him a check oh yeah. there's old tag number there's cody watson run mm-hmm. his tag right here oh, oh cody tagged a deer let's pull him over be awful damn reassuring and pull over and be able to have everything done. So yeah, right here it is. And then they'll say, Man, that's a good deer and then you just go on to the house. Well, if you're if you're close by, I mean if you're you're hunting up there, just do that. Um, make the make the uh effort to get on one of these websites and, and punch in on it. And you know, shout out to the guys that we've met up there traveling. Good good point. We've met some amazing people on public ground up there. I talked to Jason and Donnie from down in Florida. They listen to the podcast, follow along with our videos and everything. Met those guys walking in. They was kind of I kind of surprised them when I was walking up and and they were hunting. They're like, man, we just ain't been seeing no deer on this side. And I was like, well, I'm hunting right back here and actually got to know them pretty good. And they're hunting a new area now. They've went out and found for themselves and two two hammer killers and uh, met some guys from South Georgia. Bruce, he he hit me up this week, said he was going to be coming up a little later this year, but. Just be friendly with folks, you know, but they're there doing the same thing that you are. And, and you know, I, I hate it, but you're going to run into a jackass out there somewhere. It's going to happen. We've had it happen to us. Just be the bigger person. Just walk away from the situation. I mean, there's no – you're not going to win. You're only going to hurt yourself. I mean, so just don't be mad about it. Go find somewhere else to hunt. We've also made lifelong friends. A hundred percent. I mean, we've, we've got a guy that we – first year we hunted on public ground up there, Bill. Talk to Bill – once a month at least, and around deer season, he's texting back and forth with us and become somebody that, that we love, love, love to get, have in camp. We'll have a, a hell of a camp. If nothing yeah. else, we have a great camp when we go up there. So speaking of camp, Cody, run through that menu. Go through, go through <laughs> our menu. <laughs> I think I sent it the other night. That'll be – there you go. I got, got oh, it pulled no, up. No, no. Go ahead. That's the, that's the menu this year. <laughs> so Friday, it's a – Friday's usually like – Let's say a sandwich or something, you know. Might run the store and get a burger or something, you know. But Saturday it starts. Saturday night we're having deer roast. Mm-hmm. Don't know what the sides will be fixings for that, but no, so, it'll be deer roast with uh, carrots, potatoes, potatoes. Yeah, the whole thing, the whole nine yards in in a crock pot. And I got two two crock pots gonna have a slap full of deer deer roast. Sunday we're having pintos and beans and cornbread, and that pintos and beans is gonna have ham bone thrown in there. Honey baked ham. They'll everybody will sleep good that night. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blow the top off the house. <laughs> right. uh, Monday we do barbecue, barbecue sandwiches and stuff. Tuesday Brunswick stew, and we do that on purpose. That way, you can have leftover barbecue with your Brunswick stew if you want to. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we think sandwich that, we yeah. uh, Wednesday we do that deer meat and rice. You'll miss that. Mm, that stuff's good. Thursday vegetable soup, cornbread. Friday leftovers and i tell you them are some them are some good meals and you get out of the hearty meals yes they are and a lot and another tip if you're staying in camp do everything you can cook in a crock pot that way when you get back if 
me and Alex are out tracking a big deer I just shot, and everybody else is back at camp or whatever. They Hope you're tracking it, buddy. Well, I meant like. Hope you watch your fall. Retrieve it. Oh, okay. Retrieving. There you go. There we go. Good work. We'll have Tyler with us if we're That's retrieving. Right. You know, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't dragging that. That about killed me and you dragging Tuckers out. Yeah. No. I like crockpot meals too. I'm going to do, I'm actually going to make some Brunswick stew this weekend and take up there next week and probably do some vegetable soup. But you got pretty close you, to through. Get you a bag. A short or two in the freezer. What? Brunswick stew. Oh, no. Just get I your got to make that. I'm, I'm making rabbit and wild turkey stew. Hey, you know, I got rab, a rabbit. Two rabbits and I got turkey legs. I'm I'm gonna cook, probably not this trip, but I'm gonna make a big batch of Brunswick stew out of that. Um, what was I about to say about? Oh, you was talking about meals. That's we've notoriously been planning. Like we'll have hamburgers one night. I about killed myself cooking salmon patties and gravy and everything. And it's great to eat. I love eating all that, but. There was a couple of nights there, like, boys, we ain't having supper tonight. We're going to have bologna sandwiches because we yeah. were out late. Getting yeah. back so late, it's just hard. And not every, everybody may be back at camp or maybe five or six people at camp sitting there, man, should we go ahead and eat with that? They can go ahead and turn The only it thing on. you have to make is cornbread. I mean, yeah. and I'm actually thinking about going ahead and pre-making that, come back at lunch one day and have it done. My wife gives me a hard time because Alex and I start planning meals for this trip <laughs> as soon as this – hunts over we'll we'll start planning for next year she's like you can't even plan a date now i mean you're planning <laughs> meals for next year in illinois <laughs> because i know what alex will eat that's what you did tell her i don't have to ask alex if he wants to go here go the 15 other places he's gonna reject it's real easy it's real easy we're having bait there's no there's no deciphering it okay I, well no i will say that Bethany would be happy if we just went. If I just planned something, she wouldn't care where we went. I'll take it. No, I'm not it. talking about her. I'm talking about most people in general. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's true, though. They want to argue over where you. Well, I don't want to go there tonight. I don't want to go over there. You're eating this or a bologna sandwich. It's real yeah. easy. Yep. We did buy more bologna this year because everybody apparently loves bologna sandwiches. <laughs> I'm taking a lot of stuff to the woods with me next week, boys. It's going to be a lot of long day sets. Well, hopefully it's not. But if need to be, I'll be prepared. How about that? Well, two of the biggest deer that y'all killed up there has been in the middle of the day, ain't it? Uh, for Brandon, yeah. 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 Mine's- I mean, they get in that seeking phase. That's what I really hope we hit. I'm not I'm not focused. I would love, love, like I've been able to witness it two or three years out of all the years I've been going up there. Mm-hmm. And I would love for these guys to be able to see the rut up there. But. I really hope it's more of they're seeking and not hardcore chasing. Like, and I hope they're not locked down. I hope it's that seeking phase where their big bucks are on their feet and they're just cruising bedding areas. And and that's when you, I think you have me personally. You know, I, that's when I think you can be the most successful in the time that we go up there when they're rutting, chasing. I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, when your legs are shaking because there's nineteen bucks chasing one doe through a swamp underneath you and you can't even figure out which one to shoot that's fun and i hope they get to experience that to some but i hope one slows down i hope it's seeking i hope they just coming through there just all i think a flip a a switch is going to flip real quick because like we just talked about before the podcast cameras are dead yeah i feel like it's just gonna it's gonna hit and it's gonna be it's gonna be on so looking forward to it man this is the first time i've been able to uh i shouldn't say it's the first time i've been able to it's the first time i've i've actually done like kind of broke up the week instead of spending a whole week there kind of broke my time up to play the weather you know after talking to a couple of people just like we had a uh, do-it-yourself hunter talking about going to hit that weather pattern and 
Luckily, I'm not as busy. I'm I'm busy at work, but I'm not enough to. My boss wouldn't let me go, so I'm uh I'm looking forward to that. This this will be the, actually the earliest I've ever hunted Illinois, probably by about four days, but might be the hey, four days I need. Them four days can make a big difference. Yeah, in my opinion. So, and if it if it don't work out, I'm gonna go back up a little bit later. Um, right when you guys are kind of wrapping up, so uh, we should at least we should be able to at least see the activity from at least the first to about the fifteenth. Somewhere around there, so yeah. we'll kind of, kind of know what kind of phases those deer are in. Um, kind of glad I'm going when I'm going. There's a front coming through this weekend with some good rain. I guess this will drop out Monday, won't it? This will drop this Monday. Um, but yeah, I'll be a couple of weeks without a podcast. So this will be out. Um, this will actually be the the Monday we're getting back from Illinois because prices. Are dr- yeah, yeah, will be the Monday we're at. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So yeah, um, hopefully everybody has a has some good success. If you're traveling out there, I got, I got a couple of notes here. I want to kind of go over real quick. Um, something we talked about at my deer camp this weekend. So you can call this Nick's thoughts or not, but I, I wrote a note down just because I feel like we've probably never really touched on this. You got to go. No, no, no. keep no. going. Um, something I uh, something that you know we always talked about it. I don't never recall it happening at our deer camp, and I, I guess I'm asking you guys if it ever happened to you and. We got the people listening to this. Maybe it's, I'm sure it's happened to some of these people listening, but something we got talking about was cutting shirt tails for missing. Oh, yeah. Did that ever happen in y'all's deer camp? You know what's funny? Like when you said that, I had really weird deja vu because I was thinking, man, I'd be out a lot of money in camo if they'd cut my <laughs> shirt tails off. Really? I swear I was thinking that today at work we, when I was. We were talking about that because the neighboring property, actually, Terry and Rob down at the hunting property this weekend were talking about it. And, they're talking about the guys next to us. They got a they got a board in there, and they got everybody's name on it. And shirt you miss, yeah, your shirt tail goes up there. So I, you know, we always talked about it as a kid, but my dad never done it. Mm-hmm. My dad and them did it. I never had it happen to me, um, which I was really young when my dad had that deer camp. But I remember them cutting some shirt tails, like camo shirts, like roll back in camp. Yeah, and they get telling a story, and one <laughs> of them will whip out a pocket knife, and they just stand there. Yeah. I mean, you know. I remember that happening. That's Alan Styles. I remember him getting his shirt tail cut off. That's what Rob, Rob told his uh, granddaughter when they come back to that camp. She had missed a doe or something. He said, "Go in there, go in there to the camper right now and change your shirt because she had he had a good she had a good camouflage shirt on." So I again, no but, cutting shirt tails and no wiping blood on the face. Y'all didn't have that at Big Ten. No, no, neither. Shirts are too hard to come by. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that it was. You know, a, a thing. I mean, I, I know we miss deer and stuff, but I, I don't, I don't ever remember. I heard about it when I got older, and somebody said, "Need to catch your shirt tail," you know, in passing or whatever. And yeah, I think it's just an old camp thing. Wiping blood on the face, first deer killed I, him. I did that for I did that on Caden. Wiped. I don't, blood I don't think I had face. no blood on me. I can't remember. I got a picture. He's got like hell. I had plenty of blood on me from getting them. I promise you that. Because <laughs> yeah. I was, I was getting. I remember that goes back from the time I was probably 13, 14 year old. Willio had me. He would. And I would do it. I wanted to. I mean, it was just a way for me to learn. But, man, I I didn't even second guess it. I'd flip that case knife out and go to work. I mean, it was just it's what we did. I mean, it was time to gut it right there where it was at. And I just wonder where that spawned from. Like, what? where'd that come? Like, cutting a shirt tail? It's I don't know. It's I, I can look it up. but or I doubt that's on, I doubt that's on Google. That's just got to be a southern thing, right? Oh, I'm sure it's on Google somewhere, but... I, I've always heard that yeah. ever since I was a kid. I don't know if it's just an old, quote, traditional thing that got yeah. spun around deer camps or whatever, but um, 
I've yeah, I've heard of people, you know, doing it and remember that. I was young. I was probably seven, eight years old when we were in that deer camp up there. So the blood got, on the face I've seen I've seen several people do that and that's why I did it to Caden. Yeah. I've but seen I don't people hang I I've seen kids that kill a buck hang the balls around their neck. <laughs> you ever seen that? <laughs> ever seen that? <laughs> I've seen some pictures of some kids <laughs> screaming with it hanging hey, around. If Cody kills one up there. Will you hang the balls around? <laughs> I'll hang them around my neck. I'll be so tickled. I won't care. Uh, Nick, uh, I, I got, I got one more. Uh, I got one more. I want to go over real quick. I know I got a bunch, but trying to make up for the shoot the, it the week we might miss. You can't find anything on that cutting shirt tails. No, I don't know where it originated from. Yeah, it's probably just it's, it's just probably old South, South Georgia deer. We need to ask the next guest we have on that's like from an the older, Midwest or you know somewhere if like they do that. it. Well, if they've ever heard of that, you know, yeah. or, if, or if they've just heard it as like an old wives' tale or, or, you know, an old hunting. Or if they have a tradition that they miss. Yeah. Because everybody's I got different traditions. Yeah, because I can't think of anything else that correlates with. I guess this next, I guess this next thing, I don't know if it's really a thought or if it's a gripe or a complaint, whatever, but do you think out of all the sleeping bag companies out there, somebody's not fixed where the damn side doesn't get zipped up in your back, in your zipper? You know what I'm talking about? I was in bed this weekend. I about got in a fist fight with my sleeping bag. <laughs> Why in the hell was you in a sleeping bag? Well, I had my AC on and I had my fan on, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, that yeah, little that, tab that sticks in there. And you have to poke it yeah, back th- through. Yeah, yeah, then you get down there and get, feel like you have to bench press it to pull it closed and open it back up. Why do you think somebody's not fixed that, like well, cut that seamless? You got one? Uh, sleeping bags. The the sleeping bag I've got, you've seen it. I know. I don't know if you've seen it, but I know you have that yeah. gray one, mm-hmm. and it's been in here before in the floor and stuff. Me and Dad, Dad's got two of them sleeping bags. They were sleeping bags that he got from Big Ten that Cody Parker and Eddie was going to throw away because the rats got in them and chewed all the insulation in them. He brought them home, went to Walmart, bought two fleece blankets, sewed inside them things. She packed you know, some cotton back in them and, and sewed that fleece blanket inside of them things. Now, you want to go to bed with some long handles and something on to cover your legs up because that damn, it'll eat you to death. But let me tell you something, son. It will sweat you to death. I reckon that fleece, that, it's not, it's wool, wool blankets, them cheap, yeah, like outdoor army, carpet, yeah. army blankets, what's sewed inside of them things. And I have never got cold inside of that sleep bag. Well, they were zipper roasted. Work good? Zipper works great because they ain't got no lining in there. It's all sewed back. Ain't oh, John yeah. tucked it back. So it works great. So. But I agree with you. I hate a, I mean, them mummy bags. Oh, it's dirty you, below. Yeah, hell yeah. You're going to freeze think, to death. I mean, I get they have to sew that on there, but you think they would go back, take a razor, and just cut that cut little, that excess, excess off of there. Yeah. We need to get in touch with the – we might have a sleeping bag company call us after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all need to try ours. Yeah. I have I, – Alex was just bad-mouthing mummy bags. I have a camouflage <laughs> zip uh, – bag that does that bad you'll be back and forth trying to get that little tab out of there whatever and i got a mummy bag and it's one of those like 20 below or whatever Mm. packs real small and it does really well i mean you can zip that thing all the way up around your head and it don't ever but the silk does the silk get in it the silk no that one it it doesn't it's almost like you can't see the zipper either it's like embedded so i don't know if it's just the way it's like curled in yeah it is that silk stuff but it's like curled in it don't get yeah. I guess you could if you got it in a weird. I've Boy, never, it ain't no, ain't nothing more aggravating. Oh God, I know. I remember if you got to get out and go pee or something. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're better off getting up and going out and pee. At least you go stand by the fire when you was camping with Willie Oaks. It'd freeze you to absolute death down in that tin can we slept in right on the creek. It'd be 20 degrees outside, and he'd have the door open. 
I'm hot. I'm smothering to death. I dog. I tell you what, I've grew up. Now, when you talk about camping, there is no doubt in my mind. If you grew up camping like I did with that man, their cold don't bother you. I, he froze me to death. You smoke cigarettes and roll the window down. I have to ride around with the window down everywhere. Roll your window down. I'm smothering. Roll your window down. I'm smothering them damn cigarettes. And no, no idea paid to sin or nothing else. I mean, yeah, just no. I used to hate, hate that. I mean, but. I think back now on them times we camped down there and we would freeze <laughs> and I wouldn't trade it for the world because me and him had so much fun together. But God, it was cold. God, it was cold. Did y'all have most people like, y'all had heat in that cabin. That's nice. Yeah. That heater went off a bluff one day. Willie O didn't like how they kept it stoked up. So he drug it out of there. Even Doyle did, towed it out there, put it in the back of his truck, went over and throwed it off the side of a mountain. Still there, I'm sure. Still, it's oh, off yeah. the side of that mountain. You can't tell him nothing. That was that was my rants. Really, that's all thoughts. you got today. Oh, I got I got plenty more over. Can you stop on the way to Illinois and check the appropriate bathrooms with the right height of a toilet paper? Oh, I know they're already low. I'd already checked them. Well, on. I got a thoughts by Alex today. Right. I, I have a new fear unlocked. I unlocked a new fear in Illinois this past weekend. I have a new fear as well. But go ahead. Well, you want to tell no, us first? Yeah, if you want me to, go ahead. If you don't want to spoil it. I talked about this. I said, you know, my biggest fear ever and it's even more now so in a saddle my biggest fear while i'm hunting in a saddle and i don't know why i have this fear is of the tree falling and and i i consciously do this when i'm in a tree and this may sound silly when i get in a tree i look for another tree that i can jump to and i try to figure out how fast i'd be able to unhook we were just tether. talking about that yeah we was in the tree and i was like boy it's like this tree fell i feel like if anybody hunts an elevated surface They've thought about that. Yeah, sure. but it's I a, thought about it's that. an actual fear of mine. Like, I look at the top, obviously, to make sure the tree's not dead. And I've been in some winds in Illinois, and I'm, like, looking, like, at a four-inch sapling beside me and going, do you think that thing would hold me to the ground? Do you think I'd break my legs? Does the, does the fear <laughs> elevate the bigger the tree is? It does for me. If the big, I've got my, my hands are sweating right now. <laughs> I literally, if the tree is bigger... I feel like it's going to fall more than a tree that I could great grab around. Like I feel like I could ride, you know, a good eight inch hickory to the ground, you know, or maybe get a kick off of it. But if it's a, you know, 36 inch Oak or something or a shag bark hickory, I feel like my hands are literally sweating right now. You saying that, but you, that, that's a, that is not my fear that I've unlocked. That is a general, that's a fear. Every time I get in the tree live from the double bull blind studio, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got that sorry, 180. Sorry, Chad, we're not, we're not doing Saddles no more. Everybody's scared to death. Now the tree's just gonna follow them and kill them. Uh, And that's something I saw on a a saddle hunting place the other day. You know, you're going in the dark on some of these places, and make sure you're checking your tree. I do check trees around me before I set up. If I'm going into a place like that, I check trees, and obviously the tops of my trees. Make sure the tree at the bottom doesn't have a squirrel hole or something in the bottom. Like it, it may have a weak base or whatever, because. I don't care. Trees are strong, but you put 180, 200 pounds on the side of that tree, 15, 20 foot up, could be just enough. I was in a... Uh, Travis is thumbing through his phone over like he's burning it up trying to find something. I, I don't remember if I was in a, uh, a my climber one time. I had a pretty good limb come out on me. And I, right when, I, right when it was, I heard it coming, and I kind of pushed at the same time, it kind of hit my arm. It was a pretty good size limb, though. Travis has found something on his phone. He's got to find it. So I was sitting there, and um, same area that I, I saw the deer in, and 
we talk about acorns falling out of trees and, and hit, you know, boy, it's raining acorns. It's going to be hard. Boys, let me tell you something. If you've never heard a damn hedge apple fall out of the top of a tree and hit a solid surface, new fear unlocked, Jack. It sounded like you shot a cannonball out of the air. I could hear it falling. And the first day it fell from about 10. The next day that sun gun must have fell from the heavens because when it hit the it hit the dirt and it was just like a solid thud. Boom. Mm. So hedge apples, that's new fear unlocked for Alex. Yeah, I probably wouldn't want to hunt something like that or a walnut. Well, they wasn't they wasn't in the tree I was in, but right, right, yeah. But I still wouldn't want to shoot. That's a whole nother fear, Travis. That's a fear of mine. Well, let's see. Uh, it's um, a gentleman, and I, I didn't see his name, but uh, according to reports, Hallsville was tracking a wounded deer. The attempted harvest a struggle occurred with the deer, resulting in a fatal injury. Um, death is incredibly tragic. Serves as a reminder. Um. That's kind of basically all it says about it, so I don't know to what extent, but basically he was tracking a wounded deer, and, you know, it must have gored him or whatever, and that's a, that's I, a real thing. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I've always tr- tried to be careful when walking up. And that's, that's something else let's talk on real quick when we're talking about tracking deer, okay? Don't take everybody in camp to track a deer. It doesn't take every person there. Maybe to get it out of the woods if you're in a bad spot, but do not take everybody in camp with you to track a deer. As bad as you want to. Everybody wants to be there to celebrate with you. That's all well and good. If they go, keep them behind you. Let them stay at the truck, you know, or let them stay back behind you a ways because there's nothing worse and nothing more frustrating to me than to go and help somebody track a deer and there's 15 people there. I got blood. I got blood. I got blood. And then you lose blood and everybody's dispersed. And they're all over there kicking leaves and stuff like that, especially if it's a tough blood trail. There's nobody out there that I want tracking a deer more than Cody with me. And he, he I'm sure the same way because yep. we've got a system. I'll find blood, stop. He finds blood, stop. I'll find blood, we bounce and we leapfrog. Do that leapfrogging method. If Especially if you're on a little bit of blood, don't have somebody out there, the the dummy in camp that just wants to run, harem, scare them, and up looking for a deer all the time and, that drives me crazy, and, and he knows it, and I know it. If you're with somebody, and they're, they're constantly looking around up there trying to spot that deer. Let's stay on the blood. Let's find the blood trail, because yeah. even that first year of that deer you shot up there, I was like, where did it go? And we had to find it, and we got off of it for a second, but we went back to last blood, and we found that next little bit, and then it kind of opens up. But just you got to be smart about that, so don't take everybody in the brethren camp go look for it. And real deer. thing, another, another tip, and I'm sure everybody at the table knows this, but some – new new hunters if you are tracking a deer and you walk up on the deer if you ever see if you ever walk up on a deer and it has its eyes closed a deer's not dead so be conscious of that because animals die with their eyes open so if you ever walk up on a deer and it's got its eyes closed take a step back figure out what you got to do because that's when you know you've seen some videos maybe floating around tiktok or whatever them walking up on a deer and all of a sudden it opened its eyes and boom jumping up and things can come back to life with that adrenaline, and that could have very well, you know, happened to that that man. So I don't know, but always poke him in the rear. Yep, <laughs> give him a poke. Yeah, give him a poke. Mm-hmm. I don't care how stiff he is, I still poke him. I do too. I don't care. You tell him it's laying there. He got frost on. <laughs> yeah. I'm still poking. Coyotes done eat that one. Hind <laughs> yeah. in completely yeah. out. <laughs> you all right, buddy. <laughs> Get up. You know, no, no. Say a man Brandon made after that deer his is let him lay, boys. If you if you hit him, yes, and you're and you're worried about it, go back to camp, hang out, do whatever it takes to get it off your mind. Because if I promise you, if you killed him, he ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Had a guy in Illinois last year 
Um, he was up there by himself. He called me and I said, go back to camp. I said, I wouldn't go in there till tomorrow morning. This was like the morning of, I was like, I would let that deer lay all night. Well, what happened? He was up there at camp by himself. He got bored and he gave a deer like four hours. It was Tanner. He won't mind me saying and went in there and jumped it. And it was a huge deer. Mm-hmm. And he said, if I had just listened to you, might've still been there. Cause it was just bedded up. Yeah. And sometimes man it's just let them lay and don't forget about the tracking dogs because they're in every state now yes so just you know call them guys even if it, you know what i mean real quick i want to i want to touch on this and, and i think we've mentioned it before but real quick and i don't know if y'all know this do you know that we talked about a little bit the if you're using a drone to recover deer in illinois you yeah. can't use a deer drone to recover deer in illinois you can use it you, to find it you but can you cannot you cannot it. go find that deer you but have if, to let it lay there and rot if you if find you it find it with a drone in illinois you cannot I saw that guy put that video out cannot retrieve the have deer. you watched the youtube full version of it go watch the youtube full version of it pretty cool we had that was Mike that, that was in ohio that was in ohio though wasn't it no that was illinois that was illinois that was in illinois yes. i he, thought he was only based out of ohio no he is based in ohio but he runs illinois Yep, and if, he's got he's got people all over the place now. He's but if, not he, just but if him. he went in there, if you if he went in there, if the guy went and got permission, he could go get it though, right? No, now. if you find you it cannot, with a drone, you cannot recover the deer. You cannot aid it. Can a drone cannot be used to aid, pursue, or recover a deer in the state of Illinois? I would imagine that law be changing pretty pretty soon. It, they just passed it. Yeah, they just, they just made it. Yeah. So that's that's why they made it. So you cannot people are using drones in the wrong way to find deer in areas and they're going in there and killing these deer. They're finding these big bucks cuz you can turn the camera on to it. It's not just a thermal. And it's it don't don't get me wrong. Yeah, and I, and do I, I agree with it? No, but people are using them for the wrong reasons. Is that that's just Illinois that you know of? That's all I've that's seen. The state yeah. I know of, yeah. So I imagine those guys are pulling out so just call it a dog and go get permission. You can't run a dog on public land. Can't State of Illinois. Yep. Go get permission if it goes on somebody's private. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it goes on private, uh, yeah. Do everything you can to recover that deer legally, but, yeah. It's, it's I'm just, just some telling you this stuff. There's some weird stuff. Illinois is slap full of weird laws, game laws and stuff like that. You can't carry a pistol. Don't matter. They do not honor our concealed carry permits from Georgia. If you got a pistol on you in the woods and you get caught with it, your ass is going to jail. They will take everything you got. Yeah. Read the regulations at every state because there's a lot of laws that are not ap- applicable in Georgia that are that are really strict. Southeast traveling with weapons and so forth. So read your laws because you don't want to get yourself in a bind. It's I mean it's crazy some of these states that the laws and the ideas that they got, but that's you got to honor them. If you're not you're not willing to honor those laws, don't go. Yeah. Now, you know if you're mad about it, don't go because if you get caught. Your ass is going to jail, and you ain't got no excuse. Well, I didn't know is not an excuse. It's your responsibility is 100, no laws. What else? You got anything crazy on your mind? What's what's? You got any crazy predictions or anything? Mm. I always love your crazy predictions on yeah, what, what goes down. Man, I didn't even do one this year, so uh, uh, tough shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, t- uh, predictions. Um, Can I – I'll give you mine. I, I – yeah, well, while you're thinking, <laughs> well, my my one thought on myself, and then I I really never had a prediction for you guys. I mean, I figured you guys just go up there and kill anyway. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> my, my I've told y'all told y'all multiple times this this season, my inches have dropped a lot, and um, you know, we talked about this earlier too before the show. You can't go you can't go somewhere and hunt a buck that ain't there. So, uh, you know, shoot. I'm not gonna say shoot the first thing that makes you happy because you know. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, Shoot the first thing that makes you happy. Yeah. So I mean, my my inches are my inches are dropping. So, 
I got two two decent eight pointers on camera. Um, one of those maybe uh might come back to Georgia with me. So I they're not that, that big. I think the nomenclature don't let walk on the first day what you shoot on the last is true. Like I I feel like that. I feel like you go up there with a mindset, and if a deer walks out and your first thought is I want to shoot that deer, don't second guess yourself. Get that deer killed because there is a chance you will not see another shooter buck all week which is a shooter buck in your own mind mm -hmm. i mean i've done it everybody else you know I'm waiting on a little bigger one then you see spikes and six pointers the rest of the week so do not let walk on the first day what you would shoot on the last i think that holds true i agree yeah but don't just shoot a deer to be shooting a deer yeah either. don't i, I mean, mean you, be, you just, just well, oh, you I'm said it before the show pointer. started like when you shoot a deer and we walk up on that deer you better be happy about it like be excited. I will never go with somebody again. If you're if you're upset that you shot one and it's smaller than what you thought it was, so be it. it. It is what it is. Be happy about that. You took that deer's life. You harvested it. You know you can be let down in your own mind, but don't don't exude that. That that's not that's not good. I, mean, I shot a six pointer in Illinois three year two years ago, and I cried three years ago. <laughs> three years ago, and I cried. We both did. We both. I mean, we had hunted our butts off for that yeah. deer. We. I mean, we was tickled to death about that six pointer. I mean, proudest, proudest I ever put on deer. I mean, we was absolutely enamored by that deer. But, I mean, you'd faced adversity all, all year that year. I mean, yeah, so. we talked about that, that, you know, I honestly believe if we'd have stayed where we was at, we'd have killed that week. We should have just stayed right where we was at. And we got, you know, jump happy, wanting to run around. And where did we end up? Right back in the same exact spot we were at at the beginning of the week. Same tree. And Keep, keep your head in the game and, and stay focused and go where the deer's at. Don't go – where you think you should go with the deers at? Because what's tough for you guys as as a group like that, if somebody's killing early, and I face this turkey season out there out west, if somebody's killing early, and you guys are like, you know, getting down because they're seeing deer, or you're not seeing deer, it may it may the switch may flip. You know, that's what Mark Tucker told me last year. He's like, you know, I was just patient all week, and then it paid off. So, you know, you guys being. 14 of y'all in camp i mean there there is Seven. but you know but if, you know what i'm saying like you know first couple of days somebody kills one <laughs> somebody kills one and then you know then and then maybe another guy kills one and then they're they're kind of leisurely just hanging out they're up all night you're trying to sleep it's three o'clock in the morning they're still playing cards at the table and you're like dude I, maybe one day i'll be like that you know but then you're not then it's like day seven and you're still hunting don't don't give up on you know don't get mad just stay in the woods and hunt and i don't think that, that that's one thing i can say if if you go to camp with us and you get down i mean especially as we've evolved you know because I, I know that first year that i went i got i got down on myself you know my like, man this is it gets tough like day four or five you know you're like shoot this is tough why are you looking at me like hey, well, I'll there's you, a guy answering this that's killed a deer three years in a row on the well, second day so I'll, I'll tell you though like don't take that advice I'll, I'll say that. I'm, I'm telling you i've been down i've been in that position to be down but i'll tell you one thing about our camp like if if one person kills they're gonna grind just as hard to get other people successful there everybody goes there. to work yeah, yeah. we, we go. Yeah, and i'm not just talking about y'all's camp i'm yeah, talking about everybody listening because i know how it is going to even you know go to south georgia camp i'm not saying midwest but like don't <laughs> don't get discouraged because you know <laughs> i know how it could be you know you get the monkey off your back it's oh yeah i mean you're breathing easier <laughs> yeah. but be like that in every camp like if you harvest now start working to help that other guy like if he's struggling he's not seeing deer 
go take your time during the middle of the day and go find <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jimmy ain't getting up in the morning. He's been up all night. He's been, been on the juice. He's been, he been on that rock yeah. and liquor. Nah, yeah. you your bet. alarm clock went off, and he does now turn ACDC off. <laughs> you, can, you can bet your ass. If Alex Deboard kills a deer day one, he's going to be in the tree he's, with me day two. He's filming. <laughs> Who's that out there on that e-bike kicking donuts? <laughs> I ain't never slept in. One, one day last year, I told Cody, uh, uh, I said, said uh, I uh, it's been a rough, it's been a rough night. I, I got up. I, the cameraman was even. You saw it chasing weekends, and I got up. <laughs> cameraman's rough. feeling uh, rough. So, yeah, I'll get up. I may but not you, want to, but yeah, but a lot of guys don't though. You know, they stay up, hang out all night, been on them Budweisers and stuff, and take a shot. <laughs> Budweisers. Hey, I like it. Kill a big yeah. deer. And you know what? What have I always said, Cody? You want to kill a big deer? Pitch a drunk the night before. <laughs> That's exactly. Hey, it happens. That one year, I told Cody, I said, "Killing tomorrow." That's when me. What was that guy's name? Uh, cl- 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 starts with a C. Clyde. Clyde. Yep. I always Clyde cassette. Clyde cassette. Y'all. Uh, Did you ever think of that word? Her code no, word. I didn't That's been about driving me crazy. Uh-huh. Sounds like you better stop at Murphy's Bar and get you a bottle. <laughs> Start drinking on the way. There's Cody. already a bottle up there. <laughs> I done got several bottles of snops. Oh, I'd I'd go ahead and get it pounded before I got there. <laughs> while yeah, I'm driving. driving. <laughs> <laughs> there you are talking about driving bad while they're gonna think Miss Marcy's gonna think we've got a, a caravan of people in that that doggone parking lot. Gonna be six trucks parked there. So mm. uh, great people in the state of Illinois and, and we are sure blessed to know every one of them. We've been able to meet some amazing folks up there in the area that we're in, whether it's hunting, uh, going by a store, a bar or you know, beer store gas station whatever i mean the people just amazing folks to meet up there and i can't i can't thank them enough for their hospitality and everything they've given us and and people we've met from all over the country i mean everywhere we go it seems like we constantly go back to that saying good people find good people so i love it you didn't give us your predictions my prediction is all right i'm gonna i'm gonna run this down because this has been wearing this has been wearing on me I, i told i told caden the other day i said this is my prediction i think that and somebody that listens to this might get mad, but this is just my predictions. All right? I think that it's going to be a um, a Watson showdown opening weekend. I think him and him and Caden both are going to knock something down right off the rip. I think they're going to get it out of the way. I think Tyler's going to be about a Monday Monday <laughs> kill. Travis is Travis is going to grind. We ain't going to see Travis. No, I think right. we're not going to see Travis at all. Like he's going to leave in the morning, and by like day four, he's going to come back with a full beard, you know, down to his chest. He's got. Uh, he looks like you when you take your shirt off with a sweater on. I mean, he is just grounded out. He looks beat down. But then we're going to get a call that Travis is he shot one, and, and he ain't killed a magnum. He's killed him a really nice buck, biggest buck of his life. You know, he's got him a solid deer down. And we're going to be like, heck yeah, we got to go up there and we're going to see him, you know, getting to come across the area that he's in and the situation that he's in. Or somebody may have to go in there with him and, and recover it or whatever. But <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a buck-heavy camp for the first, I think, within the first three days. I really do think that we're going to have at least two deer knocked down those first two days and and possibly a third. And then by day four, we're going to have four out of seven knocked down. And then we'll see how the week goes from there. So I'm thinking it's going to be. You a, had to get it early. Yeah, I think, I think you had to get it early. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a long drawn out affair for Alex this year. I really do. I think you had to get it early. I think right? I done lost my lost my, my my mojo for the year so far. What's that? That's a, what's that rain? That Monday or Tuesday? I think it's you, not much though. It's uh-huh. just it's just like a quarter inch. I think now they backed it off just to 
Really? Wednesday. Well, yeah, it keeps changing. So, Wednesday. Well, how are y'all looking that far ahead? I uh, mean, I 14 see. 14 day extended. I go on. I go to weather. weather channel. Well, yeah, if you go to a little bit. You go on AccuWeather, you can look it up for the month. Yeah, but I've been, I look at it every day. <laughs> I look at Monday, it every day. Monday, 40%. See what it I mainly Wednesday, been looking at the, at the Friday thirty fifty seven, Saturday thirty four sixty two. I think Saturday Sunday y'all. I think Saturday Sunday. Well, I'm hunting. I, think, I may be Travis. They may not see me because I don't blame you, dude. Pack a sandwich. Pack three sandwiches. Cliff bars. Water. Everything. I, I First thing I'm doing when I get up there is knock on doors. I got two doors. Whoa. I got I got two places I got to go check out to try to get on in on a spot that. And if I do, you will not see me until I kill because I will stay there <laughs> all week, every day. I'll hunt. Good. Good. Don't forget, them big bucks like to move in the middle of the day. They're looking for a meeting, too. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking for a meeting, too, is what you're saying. Not meeting, too. They're looking for a meeting, too. <laughs> they going to meet that Grim Reaper. Mm. It's mm, a Midwest mm, thing. Mm, 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 mm. I like it. I'm excited okay. to see what uh, I'm excited to see what the the season holds this year. It's um it's it's been it's been a great start. I'm I'm very very proud of everything everybody's putting together. I'm I'm just I'm super excited. I really am. I think it's going to be our best year yet. I love your positivity. Well, I'm more confident this year going to Illinois than I've ever been with my shooting, with my woodsmanship, with my ability to stay calm and like do what I need to do. Like I'm going to kill. So yes, yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> You'll see in that video of me on when I was in that uh, watching that deer on my GoPro. This is after he had left. I just <laughs> I'm shaking. I mean, I'm just yeah, come on, baby, and then couch. Yeah, poor coyote. He crossed the wrong <laughs> ditch. I mean, the wrong. I was like, oh, boy. Daddy's feeling bloody. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. Coyote season opens on the 10th, too. So, FYI. Yep. Any <laughs> weapon? Well, night season. Coyote season's open now, but night season opens November the 10th. Mm-mm-mm. Did you see those new broadheads I sent you today? Uh-uh. I sent you a video on TikTok of those new broadheads. <laughs> no, did you watch that video I sent you on TikTok today? You ain't watched it yet. It's, no, oh, have, my God, it was have funny. Have you seen that these new broadheads are hit, have hit the stage, and I'm, I'm talking bad about them. I don't even know the company's name, but they look atrociously awful and like the worst thing to shoot unless you're shooting in a wide-open field at a turkey. One second. I do want to play something that you sent me today. If I had to narrow it down to one week, year after year, it would be November 5th through the 12th. There's more Boone and Crockett bucks on the 7th and 8th than any other dates. And the 7th and 8th of November, those does aren't quite in heat yet for the most part. And the bucks, their desire to breed is just building up to a fever pitch day after day after day. And by the 7th and 8th of November, you know, they can't hardly stand it anymore. They're out running around looking for does. And uh, the 7th and 8th is a good time to kill a lot of them. So between November 5th and the 12th is when you're going to see a lot of, of bucks on their feet and active. That was uh congratulations, Don Higgins, killing babe, his yep. target buck for the year. They went high 180s. Yeah, well, you know we we've been seeing a lot of things. People talking about it's not the cool thing to kill a, a two hundred inch deer anymore. <laughs> Pretty dang cool to me still. Yep. 
People may not want to watch it production value wise, but if you can outsmart a two hundred inch deer, especially if something you've got history with, it's pretty pretty neat. So, oh, what else? Well, I don't know what else. You got anything, Tyler? You excited? I'm just or? ready to go, son. I'll right. leave tonight. Not with, that, not with that shirt you would and you'd suffocate <laughs> before you got to Nashville. Oh, it ain't that Tyler's bad. got a shirt on over here, it I swear. That... Well, bring it to Illinois and we can use it for tourniquets. <laughs> in case you cut your wrist or it's something. It's an extra large. <laughs> extra that's an extra medium. I promise you it's an extra large. You're I'll taking it you off before tag. we leave. I'll show you the tag. We all know Tyler doesn't not scared to take his shirt off. That's right. There will be a shirtless picture in Illinois. I'll go ahead and throw that out there. I can't wait. There will be hopefully behind a big old buck. Too. I tell you what I do want to do, and, and I'm gonna say it on here, Nick, you need to do it as well. Do do a little more video around camp. We can edit it. We got the means to edit it. Do some do some videoing in camp, some stories and stuff. You, we all have cameras now. We oh, can yeah. grab your camera if you're walking in, just grab it, take a video of it. And, yep. You know. And but most importantly, anything else, Nick? No, I'm good. Cody? No, I'm good. Most importantly, do whatever you feel is most safe. If you don't feel safe getting in a tree, don't get in that tree. If you don't feel safe not having your light on when you're climbing up your sticks, I had a conversation with a guy on there. He was talking about reds and greens and white lights. At the end of the day, if you're not feel safe doing it, don't don't do it. Be safe. Be mindful that, hey, those broadheads are sharp. Put them in your quiver. Make sure where it's at. Be mindful of where you're walking. Be mindful of all this stuff. We all love to travel. We all love to deer hunt. But the most important thing of all, and our biggest prayer, is that everyone gets back home safe. We always say it's been a successful trip, whether we've killed anything or not, when we get back home safe to our family. So make sure you're doing that. Make sure you're doing the right things. And um, just just be good to folks. Don't be scared to smile and have a conversation with a fella. I promise you, you never know what it'll lead to, and it could lead to a lifelong friendship. If he's a jackass, just walk away from the situation, but be careful. So for everyone here at Talk About It Outdoors, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you tuning in this episode. Um, big shout out to, to all of our, our sponsors that we've got for here. Um, they're not even sponsors or partners. Cruiser Saddles has played an intricate part this year in everything that we've done. If you need to get a deer process this year and you're in the North Georgia area, head on over to North Georgia Deer Processing. Use code TAI. Receive 5% off your whole order. Um, Cherokee Feed. Hey, go see our boy, Colton. If you need any corn to fill up your feeders, you got late food plots or anything going in, make sure you get on them. Cal Hardy with Arrowhead Land Company. Old boy's doing big things. He's out probably hunting all over the place right now. And, uh, you know, don't forget about everyone else that we've got involved with us we sure appreciate them and we can't do this without them so y'all be safe we love you and we'll see y'all on the backside of the midwest remember smile as you go but don't forget mount the memories building the foundation of your life starts at the base and the stronger it is the better Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first.
A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Are you in need of a decluttering barn or garage slap full of stuff you just don't need? Or is your construction site needing a dumpster? Give our buddy Tony at Georgia Junk and Dumpster Rental a call. With services ranging from junk removal to roll-offs, Georgia Junk is here to help with any and all removal needs. If it's time to get that parking spot back or the boat needs a place inside, Tony and his team can surely assist. Servicing Cherokee, Cobb, Bartow, and surrounding counties, give them a call at 404-406-3501 or check them out on Facebook at Georgia Junk. Clean up the yard in short order with Georgia Junk. 